Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Paid in Full Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Rausch, and this is episode number 20. We're back with uh, another week here, and I took a couple weeks off, so thanks for bearing with me. Um, Just been going through the fires here in California and the entire West Coast. It's just been pretty scary. The air quality has been awful. Tons of smoke, really, really dense. The sky has been like orange and red, so I had to leave my apartment for a couple days. And uh, but everything's okay now. I'm good. Family's good. Friends are good. We're we're all surviving this. Um, yeah, the world is 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 a crazy place right now. So anyone else in California that's been dealing with the fires, my heart goes out to you guys, and hopefully you're staying safe as well. And I uh, just appreciate all the support from people that have been reaching out and uh, just little DMs and messages here and there. So appreciate all you guys checking in on me. But I am good, and I'm back, and there's a lot to talk about. So uh, before we get started here, just a a few housekeeping things. One, we're still raising money for the Black Independent Artist Songwriter Fund. So feel free to donate if you haven't already. We cracked $1,000 a few weeks ago, and we're just uh, continuing to raise money. I don't care how long it takes. We're going to hit $10,000, and uh, I just think it's such a great thing that everyone's uh, been contributing towards. So uh, thank you guys for those who have donated, and um, it's just been, been really amazing. Also, I'm still hosting coaching sessions every weekend. If you guys want to sign up, you can do that directly through the site. Get on my calendar, lock in 30 minutes with me. I'm happy to talk about whatever you want, anything music business related, any questions you have. I'm just happy to help. I love doing it. Been able to connect with a lot of you and it's inspiring for me too. So um, definitely, you know, I want to give back as much as I can and also just learn from you guys as well and get in touch with with you guys listening. So feel free to, to schedule some time with me. We'll lock it in and get that started. Also, I'm happy to report we cracked the 3000 download mark of all time. So 3,000 all-time downloads. Um, It's just, that's amazing. Thank you guys for listening. I really didn't have many expectations about this podcast. It was just a way for me to kind of just put educational information out there about the music business. Um, You know, I'm I'm not like huge at marketing. I'm, you know, not that great on social media. I try to create some content, but uh, really this is for you guys for, you know, my thing is if I can help one person, then that's more than enough. But the fact that um, I'm still getting a lot of downloads and it's growing every week, that's a true uh, testament to you guys listening and sharing this. Uh, I really appreciate it. So keep sharing the knowledge, talk to people, share the podcast. Let's build our community through education. I really feel that's the one thing that's truly lacking in the music industry. So the more we can all communicate and listen and share and learn, the more uh, powerful we're, we're going to become as a community and um, just make this industry much better. So thank you guys. Uh, really from the bottom of my heart, I, I appreciate the constant listening. So you guys are the best. Now, after my uh, little thank you fest there, uh, I just really appreciate it. Um, let's get into business, all right? So lately, uh, I want to talk about Kanye West. Now, Kanye has recently this week put out tons of tweets. He like tweeted all of his contracts. Um, He's been talking about getting his ownership back from his masters. And there's just been a ton uh, that he's been doing to, um, I guess, empower independent artists, but just maybe artists in general. And the idea of getting your song, your songs back, your publishing, your recordings, your masters. Um, He's been really going off on this. And I've gotten a lot of questions about it. Just uh, in terms of understanding it, people have been sending me his tweets. I, look, I'm, I'm following it, and uh, I want to talk about it because 
I think what he's saying, uh, there's a lot of interesting things he's saying, and I want to break down some of that so you can really understand what these concepts really mean, um, how they may apply to you, and just get a broader understanding of these different things that he's saying. So I'm going to basically break down in this episode some of the things that he's been tweeting, particularly he um, just today was tweeting, uh, he had a tweet like new recording and publishing deal guidelines. And I want to break that down for you, how it actually applies. And, you know, I've said this before, just because you're an artist who's had great success and has been in the business for a really long time doesn't always mean you actually understand some of these really foundational points about the music industry. And I think we're seeing it here with Kanye and his kind of coming to light of all of this. And, you know, I've worked with a lot of different writers, you know, throughout my career, just independent, um, established artists, writers, all across the board. But the one common bond that I've always found and that's really been a catalyst for me to even do this podcast is that lack of kind of foundational education. And it's a real problem. It's, it's like a really broken piece of the music industry where artists rely on their lawyers and their managers and their business managers and everyone to kind of be there to handle the business side while they just create and be the artist. And I think if artists can really work to bridge that gap and learn about this stuff, and it's, it can be incredibly eye-opening, and then you can only make your lawyer stronger, your manager stronger. Uh, you empower everybody around you, including yourself. And what we're seeing with Kanye, it, to me, it feels like, you know, he's just his display of tweeting out all his contracts, it's, you know, and coming up with these guidelines and the, these ideas, you know, this stuff that he's saying isn't groundbreaking. It's just not, but it's foundational and it's groundbreaking to him because someone at such an established place, and this is just my opinion, someone who's so established is now looking at some of these, again, really basic ideas and terms of the music industry, like royalties, like term, like reversions. These things that I've talked about on this podcast, I've broken out. If you go into the last couple of episodes, we talk about contract terms. I'm saying these things because they're that important. You know, so many so many artists don't read their contracts. And it's because, you know, understanding some of this terminology can feel very foreign and uh, it can be intimidating. And also, I think just, again, that pattern of relying on the business people to handle the business while you go do the music, that just needs to be totally reshaped. So... That's um, it, it's it's just really interesting for me to see someone like Kanye, uh, where he's at in his career, really come to this. And you know, I'm sure he has an amazing team. You don't get to be you know where you're at without amazing people around you, um, and to be obviously incredibly smart and talented himself. But it's just you know, as I'm reading these like new recording and publishing deal guidelines that he's like tweeting, I wanted to talk about them because they're pretty basic stuff that we've been talking about and uh, to kind of now see it on this stage is just really, really cool. And so let's break it down and hopefully you'll be able to apply some of the things you've learned along this podcast, along these episodes, and uh, we can put them to like this real life example and really get a deeper view into what Kanye is talking about and think of it from many different angles. All right. So let's dive in. First thing I want to just uh, comment on is that 
You know, this started with him wanting to own his masters. Now, we hear this all the time, people wanting to own your masters. It's, it's, it's a rising kind of movement in the music industry. Be independent, own your masters. There's a ton of value in there. We've talked about that extensively. I come from the place of, look, do whatever's best for your career. If that means own your masters and build an independent career for yourself, great. If that means sign away your masters and do a deal, a traditional record deal. If you feel that's truly the best way for you to, to have your career, great. But my point is whatever you choose, be very, very educated about that decision and know exactly what that means holistically. So when we say, you know, he's talking about wanting to own his masters. So Kanye, um, I look, I didn't have a chance to read all the agreements, um, but coming from a, a traditional record deal, Obviously, we learned in the last couple episodes, a traditional record deal, you're going to sign away you, you, your, your rights to your masters. You basically get an advance. They give you a big sum of money up front. And basically, your masters are treated as a work for hire. The record label owns those masters. And unless there's reversion language in there or buyback language that you negotiate in there, essentially record labels are going to own your masters for the life of those copyrights. It's very, very clear language. Um, we, we talk about it. I, I, I spelled it out. So, it, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if there was other language that gave him buyback options or reversion options um, in those contracts. But the point, it seems like there hasn't been because he's got the money to obviously buy back his masters, um, probably for what they're valued. It's, it's, I mean, that's what he's tweeting at least. But perhaps even at that, he may not actually have the right to do that. Like there's no, there may be no obligation for the label to actually sell away those masters. They may see more value uh, and, and just strategically more value to actually hold on to them because it makes their entire catalog that much more valuable. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because when, you know, when artists sign their first label deal, deal or, or when you do these traditional record deals, a lot of it, from my experience with the artists, they just look at the check. They look at the check that they're getting. And you know what? It's hard to walk away from a big check. I get it. If you're not an artist that is like used to getting big money and you're you're an artist who's been struggling and you know you feel like this is your big break and you see a, a big check in front of you, you know, six or seven figures, that that's you know, I, I've been across the table from artists that, that have said, Look, when am I ever gonna see this money again? I may never see it again. And I wanna be a star. I need this money, I need this deal, I need the contacts, I need the access, I need the marketing money, the promotion money, the budget. I need all this and they're willing to give me this check. So what? I'll sign away my masters on this album, but it won't matter because you know I'll make so much money and I'll be so successful that you know giving my masters away isn't that big a deal, but it's hard for them to even think about that at that moment. And I get that because it's 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 hard. It's hard when, when, you know, to, for anybody to walk away from a big check, you know, money has that, that effect on people and that's just being real, you know, no judgment at all. Um, but I think the, the issue is now that we're seeing people who have done that, someone like Kanye, who's had a tremendously successful career had sign, you know, sign away as masters. And now after all his success is rethinking, this is seeing the value of that ownership. But 
if say let's say he did own his masters and he never signed those record deals, would he reach the level of success he, he you know he got independently without a record deal, without all those opportunities that he signed, without all of that, would he reach that level of success? And I think that's where you know maybe now in today's music industry maybe a better chance because we have so many different services of distribution. Um, we have social media. There's just a lot more to, I think, be successful as a independent artist that there were, you know, even 10 years ago. But the point is it's not whether or not you do or Kanye did a record deal or stayed independent. It's having enough education and enough awareness about these deals before you enter them. So, really understanding the long-term effects of what it means to do a traditional record deal, really understanding the effects of what it means to retain ownership of your masters and not taking that big deal. And I think we're seeing it so aggressively from him now because it seems at the time, perhaps he wasn't fully aware of what it meant in the long term of some of these contracts. So you know, it's a it's it's a really interesting point. Um, you know, I'm reading uh, one of his tweets that he sent today too. You know, he says this is a call for all artists to unify. I will get my masters. I got the most powerful lawyer in music, and I can afford them. But every artist must be freed and treated fairly. And there is something to say about that for sure. I think there are a lot of artists uh, that have been taken advantage of in record deals. Um, it's why the music industry has a bad reputation, unfortunately. And But we have to go to the root of it. And the root of it is, uh, before we get into this, is really getting access to the information, truly understanding it, building a good team around you, asking questions, and not just looking at the big check that's in front of you, but really owning um, owning your future, owning your career, owning those decisions. You know, that's, that's what it really comes down to is the education. So let's get into it. I'm going to go through his points here and break them down. And, um, hopefully this just helps you, you understand a bit more about your own career, you know, shape some of your decisions of what you want to do when you're presented with record deals, when you're presented with publishing deals, um, when you're presented with all these different options, this is going to help you open up those conversations and um, and ask the right questions so you can uh, have the career that you want and uh, that you deserve. So let's start. Uh, so the new recording and publishing deal guidelines, this is the Kanye's tweet, okay? Number one, the artist owns the copyright in the recordings and songs and leases them to the record label slash publisher for a limited term, one year deals. All right, so I know what he's trying to say here, but uh, he's a little bit um, not as clear as he could be. So I'm going to go revise this so it makes a little more sense. Uh, but I understand the root of it, what he's saying. Uh, I totally get it. And if you guys want, I also, you could check out my tweets. I tweeted at Kanye to respond to each one of these. So uh, you could look at Paid in Full Pod there too if you wanted to read my responses. So basically what he's saying here. Um, look, to lease them to labels and publishers, do one-year deals. Okay, so first, let's let's break this apart like we always do. There's two sides to every song. There's the songwriting itself. That's the publishing, the people who actually wrote the song. That's one copyright. That's one asset. The other side is the recording. That's the artist, the person who actually recorded the song that was written. 
in Kanye's case, he's the same person. Kanye is an artist, so he records his songs and he also writes his songs. He writes the music, he writes the lyrics, etc. Okay, so in his world, there's Kanye West, the artist, and Kanye West, the songwriter. Kanye West, the artist, is on the record side. Kanye West, the songwriter, is on the publishing side, just to keep things very, very clear here. So now in this case, Basically, in order to do a a deal where you quote unquote lease your songs, starting with the record label, that's basically a distribution deal. And you're not leasing them. You're basically doing a distribution deal where you own 100% of your rights. So that's what his real point here is. Look, own your rights. And this is again, this is my opinion. Own your rights, do a distribution deal, basically allowing the distribution company. And you could also do this with a label. You can do a distribution deal with a label. Have the label distribute your recording, get them everywhere, add some marketing, you know, basically distribute them all around the world. And, um, but you maintain a hundred percent ownership of your rights. So you still get a lot of benefits from the label, um, like their services and their access and, uh, their expertise and distribution, but you're maintaining your ownership and doing a one year deal. I don't know if that necessarily makes sense because as you guys know, from the, the last couple episodes, we talked about the recording commitment. So deals are often going to be done in a, either a delivering, um, you know, how many songs you actually deliver or how many songs get released. It's actually based more on song versus like a hard line one year term. But basically his point is like, try to do a short term deal, own your songs and do a distribution deal with a record label. That's basically kind of how something like this would make sense in today's environment. Now, for a publishing side, same kind of thing, except you don't do a distribution deal with publishing. You do what's called an administration deal, which we've talked about. Now, again, in an administration deal in publishing, you're going to own all the rights to the songs that you that you wrote. So you own 100% of your rights, and then you do a deal with a publisher, not a co-publishing deal, but an administration deal, meaning what they're going to do is just manage those compositions for you. They're going to manage your catalog and uh, but you'll, you'll actually own all the rights to it. So they just kind of do it for a management fee or what's called an administration fee, but they don't actually own any of your copyrights. They don't have an ownership investment in that copyright. Okay. So those are the two types of deals, a distribution deal on the label side and an administration deal on the publishing side. Also on the publishing side, doing a one year deal actually won't make sense. Doing a short term deal in publishing isn't really reasonable because of the way royalties are globally collected. So there's just a lot of delays when it comes to royalty collection with publishing, especially when you think about it in other countries. So maybe a two to three year deal is a little more reasonable for that, not just a blanket one year deal. But I do understand what his point is, is basically own your stuff, don't give the labels or the publishers ownership and do a short term deal as short as possible. So that's what he's saying. Now, I have many thoughts about that, just, you know, whether to do that or not. But again, it all depends on, um, you know, where you're at. If a long-term deal for you made the most sense for your career and you made an educated decision about it, then by all means, go do it. So what Kanye is saying, I'm just breaking it down. I don't necessarily agree nor disagree with it. I'm just kind of uh, being impartial and, and just explaining the concepts a little clearly so you guys can um, then make a decision on on if you support it or not. All right. Now, number two, 
The record label slash publisher is a service provider that receives a share of the income for a limited term. The split can be 80-20 in the artist's favor. All right, so now coming off the heels of that last point, he's basically kind of opening it up here. They're a service provider, sure. When we talk about a distribution deal, that's basically what they do. Record labels, you can do a distribution deal with them and they're going to distribute your records. They're going to provide that service. They'll provide other services like marketing as well. And um, they'll take a share of your income. Now, there's services like DistroKid or TuneCore that actually don't take any shares of your income. You get 100% of the money, but you just have to pay them a fee. So those are two different models that we've talked about. One, you could pay a fee, get 100% of your royalties, or you can actually do a deal and do like a rev share where they take a, a percentage. Now, the 80-20 split, sure, that's reasonable. I've also seen 85-15, I've seen 90-10, I've seen 70-30, like it all depends. This also kind of depends on if you want an advance in those deals. So that's a portion that Kanye is missing out here. Doing these deals, do you actually get an advance with it or no advance? And if the answer is no advance, then how are you funding your money? I mean, not your money. How are you funding your project without the money? So all these things take into consideration. But again, I'm just kind of laying out um, what he's talking about here. Now, in a publishing administration deal, an 80-20 split like he's proposing doesn't make sense. Uh necessarily for the songwriter, it's a little high. Now, if there was a big advance involved, I'd see an 80-20 split is maybe more reasonable. But if you're not getting any money up front, then you could probably get a 90-10 deal. That's a little more standard. 85-15 is also reasonable. When you get to 80-20, that's a bit high for a publishing administration deal, in my personal opinion. And uh, this is, again, just kind of common industry terms. So, that's um, just kind of you know going through that point right there. But again, the root of what he's saying is basically do these deals and they get a share. But again, this is not groundbreaking. This is not new. These deals exist. A lot of people have been doing these deals for many, many years. And um, But it's cool to see him kind of come to light with, with some of this stuff. Now let's talk about his third point, dependence. Artists must be dependent on no one but themselves to manage their catalog. You should need no one else to understand the business you're in. Totally understand that. And I 100% agree with that. Um, I actually love that he said this. Artists must be dependent on no one but themselves to manage their catalog. I it's, it's, again, my whole reason for even doing this podcast. I think the more knowledge you have, uh, it's your catalog. These songs are your babies. They're your property. They're your assets. They're, they're what's valuable to you. You guys should really know how to manage them. Be as educated about this as possible. This is the business you're in. Just like any other profession, be an expert at it. Really, really know this. And then once you build a team around you, you guys can be a lot more collaborative, but you don't have to depend on those teams, on, on, on your lawyer, on your business manager, on your manager. You don't have to depend on them but you have to use them as tools to enhance your overall business. And that's how your team should be looked at. People bringing value to things that you want to know either more or help in ways that that you want to just advance your career. But you shouldn't have a dependency on these other people. At the end of the day, you have to take accountability for really understanding how to manage your own catalog and career. All right. 
So I actually really like that point, uh, point number three that Kanye said. Now, number four, lawyers. The first thing that changes about record deals is actually lawyers. We need plain English contracts. A lawyer, a lawyer's role is to improve deals, not charge for contracts we cannot understand or track. Rewrite deals to be understandable from first read. I feel him on this. Um, unless you know legalese and are an expert at, at reading contracts, it can get super convoluted like and really confusing. However, I would like to take this a step further at how many artists are actually even reading their contracts for the first time and doing that first read. Um, actually even would love to know that from, from Kanye's perspective on did he actually ever read his contracts? Did he give them, um, you know, a first read on his own or, you know, did, did the lawyers just, uh, advise him Did the managers? I, I don't know. Um, but I just think it's interesting that, um, I would love to know if he actually ever read those contracts in the beginning. I've dealt with tons of artists that never, never read their contracts. They kind of just, again, they get advised by the lawyers. Uh, they want to trust the lawyers. Then oftentimes the lawyers do have, a really good interest in their in their clients. They want to protect them. They're there for them. They want to advise them the best. I totally get it. But it's just a really good exercise to read your contracts. Go paragraph by paragraph. Take an hour. Take two hours. Read it through. Write down questions. If there's words you don't understand, if there's terms you don't understand, write them down. But I bet you, you'd be surprised. There's probably a lot more that you understand than don't. All right? And read through it, read your contracts, even in that first read. I'm sure a lot of artists still don't even do that part. Okay. So, um, lawyers are definitely important. Read your contract first, then discuss with your lawyer and ask a ton of questions until everything is very, very clear. That's always my advice, but read, read, read. It's, 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 uh, you guys can do this. It's you'll, you'll understand a lot more than you think you do. It's not that scary. Just, just dive in and start. All right. Uh, number five from Kanye, equity and blanket licenses are the majority of future new income. If you're with a major, you have invested your songs as shares in their power to get equity and deals. Almost all deals now are based on all songs going to a store or app. The equity is in the artist. Uh, sorry, the equity is the artist. All right. What he's kind of saying here from what I think is basically um, equity and blanket licenses are the majority of future new income. Um, let's see, if, you, if you're with a major, you have invested all your songs as shares in their power to get equity and deals. Let's break that apart right there. So when you sign a deal and you're signing away your um, masters to a label and giving away, away your ownership, basically labels acquire those masters. Uh, same with publishers. Publishers acquire songs and shares of your songs. So the more ownership they have of those of those assets, basically the more market share they have across the entire industry. Basically their pot of, think of it like a pot of gold. And the more times they, they acquire these recordings and songs, they put them into this pot and that pot keeps on growing and growing and growing. And that's where that equity comes in because the uh, value is in the assets. The value is in the ownership. So 
they can strengthen their overall deals by having more valuable overall catalogs. And I think that's what his point is here, um, is that, you know, when we have to, when we look at equity and ownership in songs, we're looking at uh, those assets, those copyrights. So that's why ownership is so important. Um, and basically, you know, companies like if you have a publishing company or if you have a record label and the more you have that you acquire, the more valuable your overall company is going to be. So that's, um, and when he talks about blanket licenses, basically that means you're doing deals on behalf of your overall catalog, which it's very customary for, for, uh, publishers and, um, record labels to do blanket license deals for their entirety of their catalog. Uh, there's definitely ways to negotiate this language, um, in agreements, but generally the concept of like blanket license and equity basically comes in like that overall ownership, looking at your entire catalog and all the artists and all the songs as a whole and doing deals based on that. So that's kind of uh, what he means there. Now, uh, he has a follow-up point. No more blanket licenses. It should be clear from day one. What shares you get now and when you leave. If your song helps a deal over the line, you invested in that store app same as they did. Okay, um, I'm actually not really sure where he's going in this, but to say no more blanket licenses, um, you know, I, I'm not really logistically sure what he's referring to here, but, um, you know, I, I get that your a catalog, like a very valuable catalog, can definitely help companies do better deals. For example, if a record label has a really, you know, like Kanye's catalog. That gives them, yeah, it gives them some leverage in deals because they have very valuable copyrights. And maybe he's expressing that he wants more uh, investment in him and wants more control over those types of deals because his songs are actually making that overall deal, that blanket license, even more valuable because he's got very valuable songs. That's my thought there. Not 100% clear, but that's probably where he's trying to go there. But the point mainly is is to understand kind of how um, ownership works like from a basically from a company standpoint that they look not just as your catalog as a single catalog, but their entire overall catalog that they control of all artists or all songwriters. All right. Now moving on to his fifth point. Advances are just loans on artists resigning these stop. Advances are loans with 75% interest rates or worse. No other business in the world takes a look at the business, buys shares, starts to profit when it profits. Record companies have to buy into you, not loan you. All right. Now, he's, he's kind of right here. Basically, advances are loans, and they are high-interest loans. However, where they function differently than traditional loans is that you only have to pay them back with the earnings of your music and not your personal, um, you know, you're not personally liable, like you're, you're not personally on the hook to pay off that loan as if it were to come from like a bank or a credit card where you like have to personally pay that back. Whereas um, the payback for an advance only comes from the royalties earned from your songs. And honestly, more than not, 
advances go unrecouped. So a lot of times record labels and also publishers do lose money on um, giving advances. They, they just don't recoup. So uh, royal on a royalty basis, there they they don't always recoup, and people you know people get locked into these deals for a really long time because they just can't recoup, and uh, they can't get out of those deals until their recoupment is uh, fully done. So what he's saying, um, you know, on artists resigning these stop, yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough choice for an artist, you know you can always negotiate for maybe lower advances and really try to budget correctly and not just go for the super, super hard, you know, super large amount that they're offering you. Uh, You also don't have to take advances, but you have to definitely figure out other ways to fund your recordings and your music and your marketing and all that stuff. I mean, it can get very, very expensive. Um, And, you know, just how to live also during that time, figuring that out. But yeah, I mean you know, they, that is money that you have to pay back. And I think that's an issue for what Kanye is saying is like, they should probably just give you that money without you ever having to pay it back because that that's probably what he means by they should buy into you and not loan you. Basically, don't treat this as an advance on earnings. Give me that money, invest in me and my business, own a percentage of it. Almost kind of like if you watched, you know, if you ever watched Shark Tank, where people have a business idea and, um, you know, they go, they pitch it and they get money invested into the business and they give away a percentage of their ownership. So he's kind of comparing it to like a business like that. And yeah, I mean, that's definitely a a point to, to think about, like maybe you don't treat advances like loans. You treat them as actually like investments into you and maybe you don't outright buy all of a master, but a portion of that. So Definitely different ways to think about it and open up that conversation, but typically, yeah, that's how advances work. They are loans that get paid back through royalties. They're actually not just full-on flat fee um, investments. So um, yeah, it's an interesting point. I've had that conversation about advances a lot uh, when it really breaks down to, to people is that, yeah, that, that check that you get has to get paid back, especially before you even make any money. That's the other part. You get an advance and you your songs can be earning and earning and earning, but if your advance isn't paid back, then you actually don't start making money until you're fully recouped. So definitely, um, definitely a point there to, uh, to think about. All right. Number six royalties. He says, again, back to dependence. You need a business manager to read how you did. So you pay to see your money. No more. Royalty portals need to show parentheses and do not now every song you delivered, every store you are in, how many streams per song, income per song. Well, I think a lot of royalty portals do this from my experience in seeing royalty portals. Um, I know like even on a very independent level, you know, you can go into DistroKid, you can see a breakdown of all this. Um, of your songs that have been delivered, how they're doing, how they're streaming, the countries, the services, it's all there in the breakdown. You could download royalty statements. I mean, this stuff is available. It's not like, I don't think anyone's really hiding this. And yeah, should there be more functional portals? I think those are constantly in development. I know a lot of companies are, are big on portals. Um, they've definitely you know been there. But I think the main point that I would go for is like, 
hey, for those that do have access to portals, are you even looking at those? Are you logging in? Are you tracking every song? Are you looking at your royalty statements? Are you breaking it down by territory? Are you following the streaming rates? Are you taking the time to really understand the royalties? And you guys know me, I'm a royalty guy. This is like my world that I've been in my whole career. So royalties to me are everything. They are absolutely everything. And I think it goes just beyond the portal. Like artists, you need to look at that portal. You need to look at this information and then you need to understand what you're looking at so you can see if there's gaps, if there's inconsistencies, if things feel off to you. What are those calculations? Do they match the agreement? Are they are the percentages right? Are your points right? Are you getting what you should be getting? And yeah, this is why we have auditors and business managers and accountants and people who are experts at this to do this. But you also shouldn't be totally dependent on them. You guys need to understand the royalties. That's why I drive in some of this really boring royalty stuff to you guys because I know how important it is. Talking about royalties is not the glamorous thing. And, you know, even this podcast, it can be, I tell people, sure, listen to my podcast. I mean, it's probably kind of boring um, because I talk about like the boring stuff of the music industry, but it's the most necessary. And it's the stuff that you need to know, especially if you're going to build an independent career for yourself. But yeah, if you're doing a deal with a, with a major company, you guys need to pay attention to your royalties, to your catalog, so you can manage it properly and make sure everything is happening the way it should. Take on that responsibility. Dive in. This is your money. This is your catalog. This is your life, all right? So I, um, I feel I'm on that and uh, definitely wanted to expand. Royalties is everything. Um, then he says this about portals and he goes, number seven, portals are not just for royalties. They're for your entire business. Every audio file, every asset, every deal stored with the money. Money and music must stay together. When your term ends, download it all, download it all, leave. Um, he also said this point that I skipped over. He says it sounds basic and logical, but does not exist. They focus on top earners and zero look at the 4,400, sorry, the 440 stores, only the top few. Artists are global. That's why their contract territory says global. Royalty department and every label. No more separating finance teams from the music. Um, yeah, there are royalty departments at every label. Every publisher of royalty is a big part of it. They're not that separate. I think just... And from an artist perspective, it always feels separate because it's the money, it's the boring part. And you don't pay attention to it because you usually get an advance. That's the problem right there. You can have portals, but are you really going to take time to like dive into that portal every day? Honestly, the reality is so many artists and songwriters get their advance money and then just continue uh, to make music. And I don't blame you. It's so hard to be an artist. You got to spend time writing your music, recording your music, being creative, doing you know social media, touring. There's so many things to to be you know to to focus on that it's hard to take on the business of this as well. But that's where the disconnect happens. And um, yeah, I think music and money always need to be get together. I think. I love that he's opening up this conversation too and talking about royalties and putting it out there of you know addressing how important this is and connecting the music and the business side. 
I totally understand where he's coming from here. And um, yeah, you know, th- this stuff shouldn't be separate. Empower yourself, learn about this and connect the dots between music and money um, and your overall catalog. It's all one thing. It shouldn't be fragmented. Um, you know, this is, this is all a part of the business here. Uh, whether you're independent or with a major deal, it all applies the exact same. So that's, um, then he ends it, you know, there are five main pillars in a professional musician's business, recording, publishing, touring, merchandise, and name and likeness. He's not wrong there. I, I feel him on that. Um, and you know, this is, this is why I I talk about this on this platform. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to bring as much light, as much education to some of these real foundational pillars of the music industry and, uh, and what they really mean. So you can understand the actual business as an artist. It's, it's, it's super, super important. So I, uh, I support Kanye, uh, you know, his, 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 um, enthusiasm here and his, uh, his tweets today. Um, I think, you know, it, it's on, like I said, on a basis, uh, on a very basic level, it's good to start opening up these conversations and not just, you know, have them in the background and not just ignore them and not just, you know, take your money and focus on being creative. I think we have to focus on the business. I think more and more artists are going to be realizing this. Um, as time goes on, there's a lot of value out there for you. There's a lot of control you can have, build your own business and, um, you know, really make the right decisions and make sure you're educated every step of the way. You guys got this. I always believe in you. And again, if you have any questions, you can always uh, reach out. I'm happy to help and um, do my part in uh, educating this community. So thank you guys for listening. I know this was a bit of a long one, but definitely just wanted to break out what he was saying there. And um, yeah, hopefully it was helpful for you. And feel free to connect. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram at paid in full pod. I'm also on Twitter. I'll try to be better about tweeting. This kind of lighted a spark in me. So feel free to connect with me there. And uh, otherwise, I appreciate the support. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, you guys are the best. Until then, I will see you on the next episode.